You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. It's the PHNX Coyotes podcast brought to you by the one and only DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook. Download today using code PHNX and place a $1 football bet and get $150 in free bets. It's just that easy. Good morning. It yeah. Is, got the coffee. We are, we, PD, coffee. PD brought us coffee. I did. I bought coffee today. I, well, I didn't know PD was bringing me coffee. I, you know, I, <laughs> and I, honestly, I, I don't expect anything but abuse from PD. So. <laughs> It's <laughs> true, but I, and I also didn't know that no one's here this early. Well, like I brought a bunch of coffee and thinking, oh, everybody in the studio. Well, no. first of all, can I just say I was sit, I got here early. I was like, I'm gonna get some work done. I'm sitting in the the employee break room getting some stuff done and PD comes in and is on phone call after phone call after phone call for an hour while I'm trying to get work done. He'd go to another space. Buddy. I know. I just, it's what I honestly, people that know me well and people that are starting to get to know me, I have a very high anxiety level. And so I need to be doing something all the time. So I get on the phone and I walk and I pace and I walk around on the phone. That's kind of just what I do during the day. It's just by the time one o'clock rolls around, I've kind of Relaxed well, one o'clock is normally when our show is. Right, now it's nine, down. so we have come in with some energy. So I'm buzzing. I'm right. like coffee yeah, number. He, he, he does have us energized. I know. Right? What happens when you run out of people to talk to? You just start no, calling people plenty. randomly? Or yep. I just <laughs> like spin long, the dial on your contacts? And... It's a long list. And it's, you know, it's funny. It's hard now this time of year because I my affiliation with the former hockey club that I worked for, my friends all work there. And those are the guys you want to talk to. Hey, what's going on? What are you doing? Can't talk to them anymore. Everybody's busy. Like everybody's working. Like they, they get to work early in the morning. They work late at night. They're on the road. So it kind of cuts out a lot of those phone conversations are now. So you're stuck with I'm us. Stuck. Yeah. yeah. You're stuck. I, it is. I did not call Craig on my drive in. I did not. <laughs> I probably could have, but I did. Called just about everyone else. I did. <laughs> Man. <laughs> He's next. He was next on the list. <laughs> well, it's episode 17, if you can believe it. Whew. We're, we're almost there. I, oh. I believe two weeks from today is the Coyotes' first game of the regular season. So Unbelievable. We are almost there. It's almost October. There. It is October I cannot first. believe it. You're supposed to say something on the first day of the month. Isn't there some superstition like rabbit rabbit or something? You guys don't know this. No I'm idea. Stop talking. We're not that old. <laughs> Shane's, on, Shane's awake early this morning after a day off. Thanks, buddy. Appreciate oh, that. man. What it's a... nice to get abuse from someone else. <laughs> I don't even know where to begin right now. Um, we have we have a, a cool topic today, and we'll get to it in a little bit. But we are going to explore some what if scenarios. Um, the Suns show did this, and we thought it was a cool idea. Um, so we'll we'll dive into that in a little bit. I I've got very fired up about a lot of it. But before we do that, there's just some coyotes news that I just feel like we should get out of the some way. Odds and ends. Yes, yeah, some uh, admin, if you will. Um, <laughs> Let's just start with the Coyotes cut 10, 10 players yesterday. 10 from players camp. and four more on waivers. Yes. So, yeah, so. it's going to be down to 35. Uh, and I'm assuming they'll clear waivers. This is this is standard ops this yeah. time of year in camp. Everybody does the same thing. This is not the time usually when, when players are getting claimed off waivers. It's the next round of cuts that are, are more interesting. And Andre Tourigny said yesterday that those will come Monday. Um, he is hoping to get the roster down to, like, 25 players by Monday. There may be a couple guys that stick around because they're in position battles that are really tight or you've got injuries like Phil Kessel right now out of the lineup. Barrett Hayton's still out of the lineup, so you may have to keep a couple extra guys. But 
he wants to get it as close as possible to the final roster for those final two preseason games. So it's coming fast. I don't think there were many surprises of what we saw yesterday. You can look... You can look at the contract status of the players. If you're on a one-way contract, you're not getting sent down. And if you're on a two-way or an American League, or if you're on a, a trial contract or a junior, you're heading back to your juniors, this is the time you go. So I don't think there were any surprises. I think for us, you know, there were guys that had really good camps. Uh, we look at, at, for me, it was Ben McCartney is a mm-hmm. player. He did everything he was asked. He showed up on all the games. He got noticed. He still gets sent down because he has to, play some games in the American League. I, will he play here this year? I think he will. I think there's guys on this list that got sent down that are going to see some time with the big club this year. Um, but you got to get down to, to 23 players. Yeah. So it, it, it had show to Show it on a consistent basis too, right? Yeah. Go down to the AHL and show you can do this over a, a long stretch of games. Yeah, and one other player I wanted to mention that's clearing waivers today because we didn't talk about him much um, in yesterday's show was, was Cam Deneen and the way he played um, the other night in Anaheim. He stood out for me. He, he he possessed the puck on the power play. He played, you know, either on the top of the umbrella on one of the flanks on the power play. Gets a goal. Uh, I, I thought he was strong, carried the puck well, and he's starting to mature as a player. Mm-hmm. Just another name I wanted to throw out so fans can hear it because I think he's going to be he's to the point where he's been in the league long enough in the American League that he's going to become a leader down there get important minutes and don't be surprised if you, if you do see him um, at least for a game this season wouldn't surprise me yeah I've been in the system a long time yeah and there, he's faced some hardships along the way obviously for sure. but it, it'd be it'd and be he's a, well liked and he's a yeah, good person and a good, be soldier. A good story like and they've had stories like that before where a guy's picked for a very long time in the AHL and finally found his game, Connor Garland, of course, is the guy that comes to mind, Michael Bunting. So it happens. Yeah. Um, Tucson is looking stacked right now. Um, A lot of those, the majority of those guys on waivers and part of that list of 10 are going to Tucson with just a few returning um, to the uh, CHL back in Canada. But they're looking good. And what training, their training camp kicks off today, right? Yes. And, And yeah, it's an interesting roster. You know, we've all talked about this on the show uh, John Ferguson Jr., the new assistant general manager, wants to foster a winning environment down in the AHL. You know, it's the, the kind of thing that you want to build in your organization. And then maybe, you know, in the in the ultimate situation, it's like Tampa. It all carries up to the NHL level and, and you win. Um, and we've talked about, you know, while you have a lot of talent, do you still need that sort of veteran presence, that those guys that have been around the league? That's why I look at guys. I wonder what's going to happen with a guy like Liam O'Brien. Could he be best served? For the organization to be down there and give them that presence. I'm really curious to see how they're going to manage all that because there's some potential there if, if they have the right players to to complement all of those prospects down in Tucson. Definitely. Did, did no, you I'm all good. You looked, you looked, I'm just ready to go. Oh, let's, let's call somebody. Here. We should probably talk about Dylan Gunther too because I know a lot of people out there still thought, oh, maybe he has a chance to make the team. You got to, again, I know I've written about this and we've talked about this a lot. I think people just get a little starstruck and he, he did produce some offense. There are parts of his game that we both saw that that need work, you know, yeah. when we're going to the preseason games. He really, the, the, the spot where you really noticed Dylan Gunther in preseason was on the power play. And you got to think in the power play, there's less pressure on you, less pressure on the puck. There's more standing around. You have more time to make plays. He's an offensive player. So it's great that he stood out there. That That's a positive sign that he was able to create and generate offense on the power play. But let, let him go tear the CHL up this year. And I mean, lead his team in scoring, MVP. Like he's... He's got a lot of things he can still accomplish and tools he can still put in his basket and bring to this league a year from now. Let's see where he is then. But a great camp for him. He has yeah. to be pleased. He showed some promise, right? And he showed exactly. the things that they expect to see from him in the NHL, but he has to become a more complete player. And look, he was not going to make this team. I I, I I know that thread was out there with, with uh, some people that were analyzing prospects. He was never going to make this team this year. The plan was to send him back to the Edmonton Oil Kings all along, let him develop. Clearly, they're parts of his game, but they just they want him to build confidence. He, he's probably going to get some time at center, by the way, this season. I spoke to his uh, coach, Brad Lauer, a while ago and again briefly this morning. So the Oil Kings start their season today. He's not going to play in the season opener because he just had a travel day, but he'll be in the lineup on Saturday. So get it going in the WHL. And one last thing about the guys that got sent down, and I, and I think that that's one of the things that PHNX can provide we got to talk about these guys for almost two weeks. Like we got to talk about Liam Kirk and we Matthias Michelli and, and Dylan Gunther. So 
now they're their names that Coyotes fans can recognize. And I'm glad they had a platform and a forum to get talked about because they deserved it. Um, and I know we might not hear from any of them for a while, but it was nice that they got a chance to be heard and learned about by the Coyotes fans. So I'm glad that, that they had a forum, even if it was brief. You, you were also making your phone calls this morning. Why is everybody... Doing far, far fewer than PD. I just, I just wanted to know oh, what man, the plan was. Man, I don't want to, anyone but... to call me yeah, before nine a.m. That's how you get the scoops and what's going on. I'm just, what's, what do you got? You know, like maybe the best time to reach a coach is early in the morning because yeah. you know they're up at the crack of dawn anyway, prepping for whatever they're prepping for, just or just stressing. Yeah, you know. <laughs> and so, you know what? They need a diversion too, honestly, because yeah, yeah. they, they need a to step away get out in the hallway and take a phone call it, sometimes is a good time of day and yeah. i get that i don't want anyone calling me before nine no before nine okay wow well, we're 24 we're here we were, we're on the air at nine. 25 years old like <laughs> wait just wait like i used to be able to sleep till noon i'm 53 i'm an, i'm a morning person well no 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 morning person no 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 that's not a morning sorry person. let me let me rephrase i have way more energy in the morning but i do not like being spoken to within 90 minutes of waking up <laughs> ask my call my mom and ask her she will tell you um, oh well, on that note uh we have ordered a prop apparently for the show do we know delivery date yet for um this i believe it is not this coming monday but the following monday we should we say what it is? I think we should because we, we've, you know, we've struggled a little bit with uh, when when one person is coming in to talk about a topic and the other person should shut up. And that's clearly a problem with PD and I anyway. I know. Knowing when to shut up. <laughs> so Leah has ordered a sign that – go ahead. I'll, um, I'll let you Yeah. So, I, you know, at golf tournaments when they need everybody to be quiet for the golfer, um, the, they hold up the quiet please signs. Um, I ordered one for, for our show mm-hmm. that I will be utilizing <laughs> to make – Petey and Craig, stop talking. Yeah, I know. It could have been worse, right? It could have said stop talking or simply shut up. Yeah. Yes. I, I so, thought I was trying to be thank respectful. You. Thank but, you. Appreciate you know, that. Quiet, quiet. It's Maybe actually a really good idea. <laughs> because once you get it started, it's hard to stop. Yeah. We know. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. Another little note. Um, Craig, is there any update on Barrett Hayden? Just day to day at this point with a lower body injury. Hey, at least oh, they're always us. vague. Yeah, well, in, in the preseason, I don't even expect that much. So yeah, yeah and it's, it's, it's nice in- to know Andrew Ladd as well. Lower body injury day to day. So those two guys are out of the lineup right now. One. You look at the Barrett Hayton line on the game the other night on his time on ice, and you rely so heavily on NHL stats, and you know, in your job, and you know, in the media, and even coaches rely on those stats. So if you look at the time on ice stat line for Barrett Hayton. He gets injured four minutes into the second period, right on the goal that was scored where he assisted. Great play, by the way, on his yeah. forecheck. He slides kind of, not awkwardly, but he falls down and slides. I'm sure that's when he was was injured. But then you see way down, there's another shift with three minutes left in the period. And so I went back and looked at the footage. It was number 39, yeah. not 29. Oh. And therein lies the problem of analytics and stats because that stat line now would carry over for time on ice and it would be credited to Barrett Hayton for the remainder of the season and all of his stats would be based on time on ice that he wasn't even on the ice for. Bad data in, bad data out. Right. And yep. you're relying on someone standing in the press box hitting a button and 39 looks like 29 when his jersey was tucked in and that's how bad analytics happen. Anyway, so I went back and I said, well, he played again. What do you mean? He couldn't have been hurt there because he played again. So I had to go back and look at the footage, and and he was actually out from the goal, which, yeah. by the way, was an outstanding four-check goal created by Clayton Keller. Clayton Keller. Nice play, yeah. Nice, nice play. play. They had the, <laughs> I don't know if you saw the highlight. It, the camera angles, too, in, yeah, I know. in the preseason. You can't even – I mean, I think Lawson Krause didn't come into the picture until he was on his knee already celebrating the goals. <laughs> it, was, it was a hard game to watch for those fans that did watch the game online. I know we talked about it briefly yesterday, but it was – it was hard to watch. This streaming stuff is tough. Yeah, Cameraing, the audio was 30 seconds Listen, behind. I'm thankful that they actually did it. I was on the phone with uh, Ducks PR. Shout out to Alex Gilchrist. He was, they were trying to make it happen all day. I, I don't think it was planned initially, but yeah, it was it was a little rough. Well, it gives us a chance to plug some Coyote stuff happening this weekend because we're talking about streaming. Coyotes play tomorrow at home, Gila River Arena, 3 o'clock, Anaheim. No streaming available on radio, 98.7. So you can listen to Bob Heathouse along with... Do we know? Is it Luke? I don't know yet. I haven't checked. I don't know. Sun Devils open that day too, that night. Oh, yeah. So So big day of hockey. I'm doing a double dip. I'm going from one game to the other. That's fun. Yeah. Um, (laughs) And then Sunday, Sunday, 
Coyotes Travel to El Craft Paso. Hockeyville. Yep. Texas Craft Hockeyville. That one will be available on streaming on NHL.com. Six o'clock local time. So people can actually tune in. And I'm assuming that stream will be a little more thought out. The NHL involved, you would hope, yeah. Last year, that deal, so they need to uh, re-up with Kraft Hockeyville, see how that goes. But uh, I've been to El Paso. I've covered a couple Sun Bowls. I've never been to El Paso. Although I saw plenty of Twitter yesterday. Shane Doan, oh, yeah. Dave Scatcherd, yeah. Taylor Pyatt. Taylor Pyatt, yeah. I know. Yeah. It's some old-time yotes. Old blue eyes. Yeah. Well, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh. Another day. Oh, man. Um, okay, another thing that – and I know – I know I said this and then Craig was like, that's old news, but it wasn't because it was all over the internet yesterday. Just, that, Craig just because he has put it out. So oh my it's news gosh. Again. Well, the Arizona Coyotes um, are the only team to fully relax the team dress code for players. According to an ESPN survey, I know that they were relaxed last year, but I guess the news is that they are continuing to be relaxed. Um, and I, I mean, I love it. I don't know what, and we, and Listen, we haven't talked players, about it, right? If it yeah. helps the players play better, if they think it does, even go for it. Yeah, I, I don't care. But isn't that the trend across yeah. business yeah. nationwide? Yeah, it should be. What are we doing in these suits, especially in climates like this? Yeah. Yes, it's, it's crazy. And Arizona, I feel like as a whole, just in terms of business wear in general, like yeah, this isn't the place that you wear a suit and tie. Like New York City, you walk on the street, everyone's in suit and tie, blazer, everything. But not in Arizona. It's rare to see people in it's suits nuts. and ties. No, it's for nuts. two reasons, too. You've got the weather. It's hot. So it makes no sense to wear a suit. And two, this is the West. And things are just a little more yeah. relaxed well, and chill West. in the West. Not as bustling. Restaurants, right? You can go to restaurants in the East Coast and you still have a dress code. Yeah. Here it's like, yeah, don't wear uh, gym shorts and flip flops. Yeah, that's that's about it. Yeah. But you got to think of a, and I, the dress code for me for professional athletes. So I I think they should look moderately presentable. But you got to think when these these rules came into effect, these teams are traveling through commercial airports and they were sitting in an area representing their team in the public as it were, right? And now you think of everybody's on charter planes. They go from their car to the plane to a bus to a hotel. No one sees them. So you're, I, I'm not quite sure who you're putting a suit and tie on for. You know, too, on the, the team flights, it's hysterical. These guys walk in on with their suits on, and then they immediately change into comfortable clothes for the flight. So, so that's a good story, and, and maybe that's something that we take for granted because we're there. But when Craig says they get on with a suit and tie, they do, and – they when they say they change, they change in the aisle. Yep. Like where they're standing, their suit comes off, and they're standing there in boxer shorts, putting on sweats, pajamas, shorts for the duration of the flight. And when the bing goes off for the thirty minutes, everybody stands out, strips down again, and puts their suit back on. It makes absolutely no sense to me why they're doing yeah. that. Yeah, and last year was Lululemon, by the way, which should probably be a sponsor of this show because honestly, we mentioned Lululemon I think so I've often. also. Like undercover worn Lululemon like every single show, whether you've known it or not. Okay, <laughs> I, I not gonna most ask comfortable athletic wear there is. I know we're plugging for sponsor, but <laughs> you want go on a Coyote plane and see how much Lululemon stuff you see. It's crazy. It is crazy. Yeah. Okay, dress oh code. My God. I, I feel. Check. And also, I was dying because they in the ESPN article they quoted Austin Matthews talking about dress code, and then everyone was like, "This is the Coyotes' way of laying the groundwork to get Austin Matthews to want to play." Nice. Here. Well, if you're listening in Toronto, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> Everything. It's, it's, He's coming back to Arizona. It's the long game. We're playing the long game. You know, you never know. Um, all right. Any other Coyotes tidbits? They they announced the hiring of new scouts this week. Um, pro so, scout Scotty Pellerin. Yeah. yeah two, and uh, David Oliver, two yep. former NCAA college players. That's right. So I, I think big shout out to our college show from last Wednesday. Um, they're bringing those guys in. Very experienced hockey guys. I think it's a good move. Yeah. Going to be not only pro scouts, they're going to have a hand in development as well, at least as advisors. So that's great. Yeah. Two good hockey guys, been around the league for a very long time. I think it's they're they're two good hires, good people, and we've talked about it before. Most importantly, when you're putting a staff together, is hire good people, and so I, I think they've they've done a good job here with David Oliver and Scott Pellerin. Great. Well, I'm ready to move on to our next segment, but before we do, I'm about to put our producer Shane on the spot. Sorry, Shane. I'm making sure you're awake this early. Shane is our um, betting host of our bet show here, and Shane. I just need you to tell me, and I'll just listen to you. What should be my DraftKings pick of the week for football this weekend? Well, 
So this is probably the worst week that you put me on the spot. The <laughs> slate of games this Sunday are absolutely disgusting. Um, all the lines are terrible. I almost put my DraftKings pick of the week as Houston to cover plus 17 um, at Buffalo, but I refrained from that. I'm going to go with the Steelers. Um, or the, no, the, they're plus six. I uh, forgot who they're playing. I'm saying this because, okay, the Packers. So the <laughs> Packers the Packers are minus six and a half. And the reason why I'm picking the Steelers not to cover is because Matt Canada, the offensive coordinator of the Steelers, after such offensive struggles today, said we're not changing a thing. And that could mean two things. Either that he's stubborn, which is bad, or that they have instilled self-confidence, which is even worse. So I'm taking the Packers minus six and a half as my DraftKings block of the week. Wow. <laughs> and after Aaron Rodgers' so week much better than week, I could ever deliver. And how the Packers came through in the in the final seconds of last week, I like that. And by the way, having the bets guy as your producer for pick of the week? No offense, Jake. And Jacob just here. walked in Jacob wearing, walked in. by the way, wearing his DraftKings paraphernalia. He's yes. got the new DraftKings sweatshirt. We all, we all, we all got so. I love mine. I, I was gonna wear. It I'm gonna today. rock some DraftKings stuff in the next next couple of shows here for sure. Yeah, you were all. You want to put your stickers on your laptop? I know. I, I forgot my stickers on my laptop. Man, um, well, selling the, sell the brand. <laughs> shout I out, shout out to Shane for that tidbit because I didn't think about it at all. So thank you, Shane, um, for that DraftKings of the Week on behalf of the Coyote Show here. Um, and you can be sure to put in that pick um, using the DraftKings Sportsbook app. If you sign up using the promo code PHNX and bet just $1 on any football game this week, you'll receive $150 in free bets instantly, no matter what. So you can use one of those free bets on that pick or don't listen to us at all. I've said it all week. You can bet on NHL preseason if you're feeling really adventurous um i feel like that's hard i cannot wait to start betting on hockey we're almost there two weeks away um so yes DraftKings using code phnx when you sign up that's 21 and over arizona only gambling problem call 1-800 next step new customers only minimum five dollar deposit and one dollar wager required eligibility restrictions apply see draftkings.com sportsbook for details Craig, what's going on on GoPHNX these days? What do you have? What do you, I'm putting everyone on the spot. Let's go. A little, a little, a little pressure now. Um, well, the Sun Devils open tomorrow, so I'm going to be writing about that. But I've got some, got some player features that I'll, I'll keep under wraps. For oh. now. But coming soon. Yeah, coming soon. Lots of player features. Before opening night, you've got a lot of player features. Oh, yeah. Well, that's all you, you can ask for. If as a you fan. want to access those stories, you can become a member at gophnx.com. Sign up for the year membership, get a free t shirt. I'm so excited to get my shirts. I cannot wait. Um, and But if you're unsure, you can do it the f- first month, 50 cents. Um, so, yeah. Sassy. Are those shirts, I did, we saw a tweet on, like, they're shipping, they're like, coming. they're now. They're coming. Yeah. Like, I know yeah. members have been patiently waiting, but they're coming. Yeah, they're coming. So, can coming. we get an update, by the way, on t shirt sales? Um, I oh, know. Cardinals are closing on everything. I'm the wrong person to ask for that. I just make sure the live streams look good. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but I'm Cardinals last are closing year. on us. Well, I mean, they're in seasons. So. Yeah. And on our so, number mm-hmm. of followers to the beat, we were in first yesterday still. Hockey was still in first, but the Cardinals are closing. Oh, on Twitter. The Suns are just destroying you all. Oh, are they? The Suns have like 5,000. Oh, never mind. <laughs> yeah. No, it's, well, so you play in the Western Finals? Or not the Western Finals, the, the, well, the were, NBA yeah, Finals? I think it was more. Yeah, and, and well, the shameless promoting of the people associated with that B2 might have something to do with it. <laughs> so just throwing Shots that out there. are fired early today. <laughs> oh, and also one more plug for the shirts is um, the college shirts were dropped this week. So there's an ASU shirt and U of A shirt. And right now the members deal of the week is if you buy one college shirt, you get another any other shirt half off. Cool. Um, so if you want to, well, not for this weekend, but if you're planning to go to ASU hockey and want to rep phnx it's a really cool logo really cool shirt so check that out as well what's our twitter handle again Lee? it is at phnx underscore oh, yeah, coyotes that's right. that's right that's right underscore <laughs> don't forget the underscore yeah if you know you know two three thousand friends that want to follow us <laughs> let them know right now <laughs> yeah pass along Petey, on the phone with all of them this morning <laughs> on my phone call <laughs> I'll put that on my thing when I end the phone call. That By the be way, your voicemail. <laughs> how many of my friends do you think are actively on Twitter? Probably your not as many not as they think. Right. I'm in the yeah. age demographic that is <laughs> Twitterless. 
but, but that, you're was, on that Twitter. was your nickname for a long time, Twitterless DP. And here I am. Oh man, I'm still so, learning. I'm so proud. I'm so proud. All right, moving on to our main segment of the day, the oh, what, boy. the what if, the what if segment. I ask. I mean, I was sitting next to Jacob yesterday researching some of this and i was yelling yeah do you have depressing music to play i was so mad i don't know i can do this again but let craig let's get a little deeper into what the what if started from like what generated this whole conversation oh do we have to talk about the suns no this (laughs) okay Go the ahead. butterfly effect. Yeah. Oh, you're talking. <laughs> God. I missed my cue. Like, That's right. I'm supposed to flap my wings, right? Do not show up to the pre-show? Like, we talked about this before. Why bother? Why do we come in early? <laughs> Craig, we set it up. The butterfly effect, I which is what, cue. Craig? I'm going to flap my wings. Yeah. <laughs> the butterfly effect. The butterfly effect is if a butterfly flaps its wings in whatever part of the world, another part of the world can cause a hurricane. So little things change and yes. become big things. Yes. Little things affect other things. And that's the basis of the show today. And if you haven't watched one of oh, no. Ashton Kutcher's finer movie performances. It's a short list, buddy. The Butterfly Effect. Mm-hmm. The movie, The Butterfly Effect. Kutcher actually travels back in time and changes little things. And it's amazing how his life changes based on little things. So, if you have we should have called this the butterfly effect instead of what is. I thought so, but I didn't think of it until now. 8 30 this morning. (laughs) No, I thought after the graphics were made. I know. I didn't know. Like the time, you got to think a day ahead of time. I can't do that. Okay. So, I thought of it now. I actually can relate to that as a journalist. Okay. So, so this is what if. If things, little things in coyote history changed, what would the outcome have been for the organization? All right. Where do you want to start? Because. Um, There's a big one early on. There's a lot of prep time involved. Maybe we should start with the, the guy that could have come with him. The team Mussolini. Yeah. What if what if Team Mussolini had accompanied the team from Winnipeg? Pete, I'll let you go first on this one. <sighs> well, they traded him the summer before coming to Arizona for oh, Oleg Tevardovsky, puck moving defenseman, and Chad Kilger. Okay, which. Coyote fans, unless you really are hardcore fans, you do not know Chad Kilger. Enough said. Solani goes on to Anaheim, wins a cup, 1,400 games, Hall of Fame career, is the face of the franchise. That doesn't happen if he stays here. And and by the way, the first season that the Coyotes were in existence, they played who in the first round of the playoffs? The Anaheim Mighty Ducks. Yep. And lost. And lost. In seven games at home with Tamo Solani on the opposing team. So, if Solani does not get traded, I have three things. Ducks don't win the cup in 2007. But more importantly, and this one, oh, I'll say that Coyotes win the series against the Ducks. Unfortunately, they would lose to the Stanley Cup champion Red Wings in the next round. But they would have gotten out of the first round. They would have got out of the first round. It never would have become a, a narrative series. about this team. Yeah. Now, we'll see if you like this last one. Okay. What position does Tamo Solani play? It's a wing. He's a right winger. Yeah. Okay. So do you know of any other right wingers in the organization at that time? Shane Doan. Shane Doan becomes expendable Oof. because of Tamo Solani. Oh, wow. Safe and traded away from the Arizona Coyotes because Tamo Solani stays, does not become the Arizona sports legend that we know of today wow. and plays for his local area, Vancouver Canucks in Western Canada. See, now that's, you've given Coyote fans the only reason I've ever heard not, not to, to hope that yeah. someone come here. Because that's that's the first time I've never heard people, I've ever heard because someone not time, lament the decision. Shane Doan had still, he was still an up and down player in the yeah. American League. Yeah. He wasn't a full-time NHL player at the time. And now he's an up and comer. And at that time too, you got to remember where the Coyotes were. They were, they had some experienced players here. And, and Jim Schoenfeld wasn't a big fan of playing young players and you saw those young players not getting a chance to play mm-hmm. and Shane Doan was one of those players and the first round draft pick maybe becomes expendable and and wraps them up into a player that helps them win right now and all of this doesn't happen let's give people a little history on this part of that was money and, and the thing was Solani thought he was going to get resigned and then things changed um, so it created a little bit of ill will between ownership and Tamu Solani but 
a little bit of it was money and a little bit of it was coming to an American market. They felt like they needed a face to market the team here in Arizona. And eventually they went out and got Jeremy Roenick, who was everything they could have asked for and more. Yeah. He sold the game here like nobody ever has. Even, I would say, even Shane Doan. Jeremy Roenick was willing to be that PR guy. You probably remember the ad that they would put up at America West Arena with him with the cucumbers on his eyes, getting his facial. and he, he did everything they asked of him. And it was genuine, too. That's the thing about JR. When he'd engage with fans, he'd just stay. He'd learn about mm-hmm. him. He'd talk to him. It wasn't, okay, I got to do this. I got to get yep. this obligation out of the way. He got to know people. So he did an effective job. But I had a talk with Richard Burke, the the owner of the Coyotes, when I did that 25-year anniversary story. He was the owner at the time. And he said, it's, he called it the biggest mistake he's ever made. Wow. Yep. He said, if I had it to do over again, I would have gone out and gotten Ronick and kept Solani. And then imagine what the Coyotes could have accomplished. Now, look, you look at look at the NHL at that time. There were some powerhouse teams. I don't know that they're going to win yeah, a cup. Detroit, Colorado. Yeah, yes, exactly. Yeah. Those two to name. Yeah. Primarily those two teams. But they get out of the first round. I have no doubt about that. Yeah. If they have both those guys and Tamus Lottie's he's such a likable guy too. Just yeah. would have had another. It, it's interesting, right? You, you think you need an American face, but Solani did such a good job of selling the game, regardless of the fact that he wasn't American. He's just a likable guy. He would have helped in that front too. And Solani, um, in his time with the Jets that became the Coyotes, he had 306 points and then he went on after he got traded to have 1,151 points until he retired. Wow. Yeah. So ima- imagine that, just that alone. <laughs> One last thing on Solani before we move on. Do you remember the year that he was deciding whether he was going to come back or not? And the Ducks recorded that promo video yeah, of him golfing. announcing he was coming back golfing. Yeah. If you if you can find that on YouTube, go watch it because it's one of the funniest things you'll ever see. It's great. Man, well, I, I want to stick on the subject of, of – the Jets, because one of the questions is, what if the Jets had stayed in Winnipeg? <laughs> well, well, good well first of all, we we're not sitting here right now. A lot shorter show. <laughs> or would this be the Arizona Thrashers <laughs> wow. organization? Yeah, I think at ultimately at some point, now you're seeing teams in Seattle and the expansion and what's going on there. This is still a top 10 TV market. It's yep. a major metro area. Ultimately would have had a hockey team. Where? I, I, I don't know where it would have come from, but they would have, you know, you look at all the expansions since Columbus, Tampa, uh, you know, Atlanta at the time. Yeah. So there there would have been a hockey team here at some point. That's crazy. If not for about, the Jets. Yeah. Like, who knows? I know. That one's crazy. Um. All right. Where where should we move JR? Because we talked about Ronick enough. Um, so we could move to him what, as a segue. What if Darian Hatcher hadn't shattered Jeremy Ronick's jaw? Pedia front row seat to that. One. I have, I have, I don't know about this at all. Three but games left in the season. What um, year was this? Two thousand four. That yeah. makes sense. Why I don't know about it. Was it <laughs> Didn't live here yet. No, he was already gone by two thousand. And I was a child. Game <laughs> one. But what year was that? It was early it was in the St. Louis year. Yeah, it was early in their tenure here. Still, oh, only, please. Still... What year was it? Who's <laughs> looking now? Well, no, I had a whole thing. I should have known what year that was. Yeah, because 2004, they were already in Glendale. everyone on the spot today. Well, I, I had it. But at any rate, he, yeah, he gets his jaw shattered on that huge Three games hit. to go in the season against the Dallas Stars. Literally, his jaw breaks in half, and oh. he's on the bench with his jaw sideways. Yeah. The Coyotes going to play St. Louis in the playoffs. Oh, yeah, that would have been early because it was 99. Okay. It was 99. Because I was close. I was, it I all runs young. together. I'm 53. Um <laughs> So JR's not available. He's leading the team in scoring at the time, mm-hmm. along with Keith Kachuk. He had how many points? He had 72 points in 78 games. So leading the team in scoring, going to St. Louis, 3-1 series lead, can't close out, losing seven. Two of those games went to overtime. He came back for the last one, too, if you remember. He came but. back to game seven, and he probably shouldn't have, mm-hmm. wearing a football-type helmet apparatus. All wired shut. Rubber bands. Tried in there. to play that game zero zero <laughs> overtime. Grant Fear, Nick Nikolai Hobby Bull, and zero zero overtime in Game Seven. Are you kidding me? Unbelievable hockey. Jr. would have got a goal somewhere along the way, and they would have again won their first round series to put them into the second round. And what they who would they have played then? Ah, uh, they would have gone on to play <laughs> the Stanley Cup champions. Um, was it Chicago? Who no, won a 99? I've got all these notes and it's too early. It's all right, buddy. Wasn't it? Um, I had the thing right here. Oh, it's right here. Um, Dallas. Yeah. Dallas. 
Okay. Dallas uh, ended up winning the Stanley uh, Cup. They my my parents went to that yeah, game. Yeah, they would have played Dallas in the next round. Face Hatcher again. Again the next round. But they wouldn't have had that. JR rivalry. in that game, and I'm sure you've talked to him about this as well. He, he literally made – I asked him what it was like to play yeah. with his jaw where it just said it could, couldn't breathe, first of all. Couldn't yeah. breathe normally. Imagine how much oxygen you have to take in as a player when you're playing at that high pace and then your mouth is like – It was too bad because so he was trying to breathe through play. his nose and he yeah. literally had to keep, keep blowing out his nose, just get it, all blockage out of his nose. And he literally did – into the phone, he, he did the way he was breathing. He was like yeah. – <laughs> And he was in so like, much okay, pain. Like he couldn't take describing bomb. that. He couldn't play the kind of game that Jeremy Ronick plays. Like yeah. he, he just couldn't yeah. – he couldn't get involved in the game the way he wanted to get involved. Emotionally, it was a big lift seeing him on the ice. The fans were insane. That was all great, but he just wasn't the same Jeremy Roenick. And again, it doesn't – we're not having a parade down Van Buren holding the cup if JR doesn't get hurt. But it gets them over the hump of that first round win yeah. that they struggled for years and years and years to get past. And I think that's another opportunity that they would have – made it over the hump if he's not hurt. And you cement yourself in a in a fan base's heart, right? When you yep. start winning playoff series and yeah, the entire narrative of the Coyotes could change because of that. Where to next? Well, sticking in the earlier days, let's go with uh what if the Coyotes had not traded Danny Briere? Mm. Mm. I just it, it it's funny when you look back on what was happening in the league. We were we were close to a lockout. We we're close to a significant change in the rules. That opened up the game for smaller players like Danny Briere. A lot of people saw it coming. Then general manager Mike Barnett did not. He thought he needed to be bigger at center. He got went out and got Chris Gratton. I was on the trip that day in Denver when they traded Danny Briere. They they pulled him off the bus. They actually flew him back here. But I was talking to him outside the bus, and he literally had tears streaming down his eyes because he thought he was going to be here forever. And as you know, too, Danny, one of the most likable guys you'll ever meet in your life. And I, I still wonder what he could have done, and we saw what he did when he went to Buffalo and Philadelphia. He a captain he, later in his career, leader. Insane points, like over 90 yeah. points one season. He In Philadelphia, he uh, led them, helped lead them to the uh, 2010 Cup Final against the Blackhawks when the Hawks finally broke the streak. Danny Breer led the uh, NHL in playoff scoring that year, and if you look at his playoff scoring, it's really hard to elevate your play in the playoffs. The great players do that. They take it up another notch. Danny Briere, up until his last season in the postseason where he was kind of a bit player, he was averaging a point per game in the playoffs, which is just insane. Not a lot of guys do that. And if you look at the list of guys who have, it's mostly legends or, you know, flashes in the pan that did it for a short period of time. Okay, so let's go to the what if now. If he doesn't leave, becomes an alternate captain behind Shane Doan. Becomes that center depth player that the Coyotes have missed all along the way. Mm -hmm. In 2009-10, when they faced the Detroit Red Wings in the playoffs under Dave Tippett, Shane Doan is now playing on a line with Daniel Briere. Does not trip over the goaltender and go into the boards. Does not get hurt in Game 3. Continues to play the series. Coyotes win in 7, right? To go on and do what? What do they do? Do, Who would they have played? I see I did this again. (laughs) So they would have still, they wouldn't have won the cup that year, but then he becomes a key piece in 2012. Now with two years of playoff experience underneath his belt, the 2012 team does go on the miraculous run and win the Stanley Cup. Wow. You really played that out. Got out of the first (laughs) round in 2010. They got out of the first round in 2011. Now with experience, Shane Doan leads them through because now LA wouldn't have been in that mix then. Because they would have had a different seed, they wouldn't have faced the Kings, and they win the Stanley Cup in 2012. Wow. And now he is working for the organization as the general manager of the Tucson Roadrunners. Okay. Wow. wow you really played that out. <laughs> Danny Breyer and Shane Doan, very good friends, too. So it would have been interesting to see them play on a line together. Yep. Danny spoke at Doan's uh, retirement ceremony. Now, that's the what-if game. That's That's quite a butterfly effect there. You were, I the way they were lost in 2010 to the Stanley Cup champion Chicago Blackhawks in 2010 in the next round. So okay, I'm trying to do all this prep, but there's a lot of reading. Like you got, <laughs> I don't see that well. I need more coffee. I don't think you do. <laughs> I do need more coffee. Oh so. man, I know. I mean, I can't talk. I have my teeth. You certainly brought enough in. So I know there's some cold. As much coffee I'm sorry. As you want. I oh, digress. Oh man. Okay, let's stick. Early era, um, what if the Coyotes had built an arena at Los Arcos? Oh, this to me is the ultimate butterfly effect right here. 
And that was when they decided to go to Glendale, the deal wasn't dead in Scottsdale yet. They were still negotiating with the city council. It was a difficult negotiation, but they were still there. But Steve Ellman, uh, Richard Burke's partner, wanted to go out west. Sweetheart deal from the city of Glendale, chance to build Westgate. And Richard Burke was telling him all along, it's not going to work in Glendale. It's not financially viable, but Ellman wanted Westgate. The Coyotes went west, and wow, 2003, that was the year that they did it. I think about the financial impact that it's had on the franchise for 18 years now, what could have changed, what they might have done differently. Richard Burke said, if they hadn't moved west, I, I, I would have kept the team. I wouldn't have sold the team. So how much does that color everything? I'm like, I'm like setting it up. And then letting Petey run with it because he's come up with some. <laughs> I know. Unbelievable I, I love your little. Here. Yeah. If I so could that's the backdrop. Far. That's the backdrop yeah. for this all. They 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 still had a possibility of building at Los Arcos. It wasn't dead, but Elman pulled the plug, and Richard Burke said, "Okay, going to sell you the team because I know it's not going to work out there. You go do it." Yeah. Instead of a real estate deal, it becomes a hockey deal, and the franchise is forever changed. Like this really is of all of the things we're talking yeah. about today. This really changes everything. You put the team at the 101 and 202. Hockey fans are on the east side of the valley. It's just a fact. You can go look at the numbers that the Coyotes will give you from their sales department. That's where the fans are. Easy freeway access. Financially, corporations, suite sales, ticket sales Mm -hmm. are all different. Who knows where this franchise would be? That filters down, right? It's a perennial playoff team. filters down to scouting, to to everything. Literally, you can spend on everything. You have more money. Yes. And if you have more money, you have better players. It's just the fact of sports. So this sets this team up to be, and I won't talk about the Stanley Cup parades, but we're talking a perennial playoff team that becomes more attractive for free agents, and you just have a better franchise. You're not struggling every year going, are we moving to Tempe? Are we moving to Talking Stick? Are we moving downtown with – like? That or, doesn't or happen. Or Portland or Seattle or yeah, Las Vegas or Houston or you're, you're, Quebec or Winnipeg. Or, should I keep going? Yeah, I, yeah. I've heard have, so many relocations. With Burke, numbers. you had a solid yeah. owner who wanted to be in it for the sports side. He wasn't there to be a real estate magnet. He wanted to be a sports owner. Mm-hmm. And I think that that would have changed the whole trajectory of where we are today with this franchise. The biggest one single decision ever made in Coyotes history was not building at Los Arcos. Yeah, and I think it also would have like helped secure the legitimacy of the franchise no as well. No and question. and every single person you talk to now, oh, imagine if the Coyotes were in Scottsdale or in Scottsdale, and even people who don't live in Arizona think that because everybody knows. Well, Scottsdale. and let's bring in the Las Vegas effect that we talked about with Coach Powers the other day too. Can you imagine visiting teams coming in, staying in Old Town Scottsdale? Yeah. Well, Very the, true. The night before a game. Chalk that up in the wind column. <laughs> the Scottsdale flu. Honestly, you think it's yeah. check the check the record of Las Vegas and their home record. It's a thing. It's real. Like you can't you see those lights at your hotel room? You, it's hard to stay in, man. That's okay. very true. Man. Whew, yeah, it's hard up. to come back from that one. Whew, okay. And they haven't yet. <laughs> Let's do what if the coyotes had signed Blake Wheeler? I don't know if the Blake Wheeler one has as much overall impact on playoffs and parades and cups. I will say when he was picked in 2004 at the draft at number five, I uh, I was flipping through my draft guide going, who? Like, who? That was most Blake people's Wheeler. reaction. Yeah. Like, my, like, are you out of your mind? Who's Blake Wheeler? High school kid from Minnesota going fifth overall? But when you go back and look at that draft, that was a great pick. Sure was. Like now he's the captain of the team. He is a very big right-hand shot winger that is the captain of his team, goes to the net hard. He's a true leader on and off the ice. Fantastic pick. Just couldn't sign him. Yeah. Like if you you add him again, now we're talking about the right side. You have Shane Doan and Blake Wheeler, one, two on the right side, both strong physical power forwards. I mean, who knows? I, I just, it's too bad that that played out the way it did. Yeah. And, it, and eventually it became that he didn't want to, he didn't want to be here. Right. But I think initially they botched the negotiations and that's, that's part of what ended any possibility of bringing Blake Wheeler here. But I, I did a, uh, I did a history of Coyotes draft picks. I actually ranked the best draft picks in Coyotes history. And I didn't, it, I didn't make it so that they had to play for for the Coyotes in order that, for them to be considered. I just considered the player and what they'd done in their NHL career. Yeah. You can make an argument he's number one. Yep. 
Yeah, so he has 981 games played, and in those games, he has 279 goals, 528 assists, 807 points. Mm. So that's quite quite a career. Yeah, Yeah. man. Oh, I don't know if it's the coffee or like or or PD or the topics. Man, okay. So I want to move us into the more recent years, but before we do. I've just also been thinking, um, as we've been sitting here drinking coffee, how last Friday I spilled coffee on myself multiple times. I'm so proud of myself that I did not spill coffee yet um, because I was like, I wonder what the the odds, the odds the would odds be. The odds are. The wow. odds on me. There it is. Yeah. <laughs> Applause for that. Segue. What would what would you have put the odds for me spilling coffee on myself this morning? Minus 200. <laughs> Perfect, yeah. yeah. Anyway, um, that you, you won't find that on the DraftKings Sportsbook app, but you can find a lot of other maybe stuff. Maybe someday. Ma- maybe someday. Maybe I'll make, make an impact. Um, you can um, find all sorts of bets on the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Like every little thing you can think of that could happen, you can bet on it. Um, in football right now, you can do the same game, bet on same game parlays, which makes it more fun. PD hasn't been doing great at those. This weekend. <laughs> Either has Shane. Yep. <laughs> um, sorry. Sorry to throw you both under the no, bus. Right. But <laughs> but it does make it more fun. And um, you can do that on the DraftKings Sportsbook app when you use the code PHNX when you sign up. Um, and if you if your same game parlay on any NFL game doesn't hit, you'll be credited up to $25 if your bet loses. So, you know, give it a try. So that's the DraftKings Sportsbook app using the promo code PHNX to receive those $150 in free bets instantly when you place a dollar bet on any football game. We also have a new sponsorship. A new sponsor. Oh, boy. And I must say... <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm gonna pass the baton to Petey this morning, and he is <laughs> for my first ad read. Yes, at PHNX support for PHNX Coyotes <laughs> podcast is brought to you by our friends at Manscaped, the leaders in male grooming. Their fourth generation performance package absolutely changed the grooming game, along with the refined body wash to round out your hygiene routine. <laughs> Join the two million men worldwide who trust Manscaped for their shower time routine. By going to manscaped.com. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code PHNX. Now, those are my friends that know me. I take great pride in my home and the landscaping. Like you see the trucks in Arizona, the landscaping trucks in your neighborhood, right? And why do you hire them? Because they have the right tools for the job. Well, I do my own landscaping at home. How? I have the right tools for the job. So if I'm trimming the bushes or I keep the grass low and tight, <laughs> oh, no. I've got the tools to do it the right way. So when it comes to personal grooming, make sure you have the right tools and the right tools can be found at manscaped.com. No nicks, no cuts, no fuzzy nuts. Get 20% off free shipping with the code PHNX at manscaped.com. 20% off plus free shipping. With code PHNX at manscaped.com. Keep your balls trimmed, <laughs> fresh and clean with Manscaped. Hey. <laughs> and by the way, well, well, one last thing while I'm segueing <laughs> out of this ad read. Part of the package, the performance package 4.0, includes the weed whacker. But the weed whacker, it, no, Craig, hear me out. I'm speechless. It's, <laughs> I'm speechless. it's a nose and ears trimmer. Okay. I'm 50. Do you know how handy a nose trimmer comes in when you're 50? You don't need it when you're 20 or 30. The other, you can use that. But the nose and hair trimmer or ear trimmer, fantastic when you get over 50. Get the right tools. If you're going to go out in public, get the right tools. Shane, can we isolate this ad read so that I can send it to all the coaches with whom PD has worked? <laughs> hey, you can just tell them to tune in every day. because we really want them all to see it. Yeah, they're coming because it's every day. We get Manscaped reads every day. That was fantastic. You know, they say in journalism that nothing is unprecedented. But <laughs> that is. Yeah, that was the first. I never thought I'd see that. Yeah. Well, that might be it for my. <laughs> that was iconic. Career. That was truly iconic. Oh my gosh. Okay. Jumping back in, I don't know how to transition out of That's that one. Really hard. Um, yeah. Let's let's move to. Uh, we've referenced it a few times already, but what if the LA Kings had finished with five fewer points in oh. 2012 instead of going 10-4 and one in March? This is where my memory kicks in. Everything else was like kind of before I was super aware 
Um, but 2012, Thanks I was there. Thanks for not saying born. <laughs> I was there. I was there in 2012. <laughs> this one's hard, though. If, if, if LA Kings don't make the playoffs that year, and you got to keep in mind where the Coyotes were. At that same time, they were going on a three-game road trip out of town. They were teetering right at that make-the-playoff spot, too. End up winning, beat St. Louis, and they beat Minnesota in Minnesota to, to win the division. From out of the playoffs to winning the division, L.A. sneaks in. And next on the list was the Calgary Flames. So the Calgary Flames get in, if not for the L.A. Kings going on that t- terrific run in March. And if you can go back and remember those playoffs, that L.A. King team was unstoppable. Mm-hmm. Regular season, incredibly average. Playoffs, you couldn't. They were too fast, too strong, too physical. So heavy, yeah. Couldn't move with yeah. the puck. It was unbelievable the hockey they played like they rolled through teams they did so if they don't make it it's calgary and the top team in the west that year uh, the sedin brothers and the vancouver canucks finished first and the the canuck fans we've talked about on here many times so they go in as the favorite in the west so the coyotes get through and play vancouver in the western finals and the Sedins, and during that regular season, they were 2-1-1 one, one against the Sedins, and they, the worst loss was early in the season. As the season progressed, the Coyotes found a way to beat that team, go to the finals against New Jersey. In New Jersey, they beat earlier in the year 5-3 to three for their second cup. No doubt in my mind they beat the Devils if they get to the cup final yep. that year. That, yeah. everything the was, Vancouver thing is something I've thought about because they were the number one seed, yeah. but we know some of the criticisms of that team. I, I think well, they Coyotes, got smoked by LA they first round, four games to one. It wasn't close. And, and it was, they played a heavy game against him. And I think the Coyotes could have yeah. done that as well. So, yeah, I think they win the cup if so, LA doesn't make the playoffs. And that's really depressing to and think that's, about. And you look at how once they got over the hump against Chicago, and I know that was Mike Smith that they carried them on their back through that series, but the Nashville series, the Coyotes were the better team. They were, yeah. And they got through that series. Now you're playing Vancouver, a team that isn't physical again. And, and I think the Coyotes could have matched and been more physical than Vancouver. They just couldn't be more physical than L.A. That is, honestly, their best chance to win the Cup. They had things going. That the, the the fourth line was chipping in. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the goaltender was was on a, a Con Smythe pace. There was a lot of things going for this team in 2012. They just ran into a team that was unstoppable. Do you remember Derek Morris's goal in Game One from the red line? And that when, when that went in against yeah. Jonathan Jonathan Quick, I thought it's happening. Yeah, this, this team can't be stopped. It's it's just a it's team destiny. of destiny. Yeah, yeah. And unfortunately, it, it changed. Nope. Yeah, that one was brutal. 2012, I still hold on to all these years later because it's really all that we have <laughs> to it, it hold really on is. to and it's really depressing. And that leads me into our next um, what if the lockout had not followed the run to the 2012 Western Conference Final. Um, the It was the half-year lockout, so yeah. it was a shortened season. The Coyotes finished 10th in the Western Conference, 4th in the, the division, just six points shy of a playoff spot but they were also shut out nine times that season which was tied for the most with nashville yeah Yeah, i don't know if it changes much other than we didn't get to see the banner raising ceremony at the beginning of the year and you didn't get to ride that wave of positive energy that maybe gets them off on a quicker start i don't know long term what it would have done yeah the short term is what i think about too if you had some sort of continuity you know if they if they bring the team back and of course they didn't bring ray whitney back either who we just had on the podcast i think last week i'm losing track here but (laughs) He had a, a 77-point season for him during that run to the conference final. So, yeah, you think about those things. Uh, if, if they had just had some continuity, maybe they they build on that because they'd made the playoffs three straight seasons, and then they just miss. They they flirted with it for a couple of seasons, then the wheels came Gone. off the bus in that yeah. So maybe they sustained for a little bit year. longer. Yeah. Maybe. All right, jumping ahead a few years, and this is the one. That was really getting me going yesterday. What if the Coyotes had not drafted Dylan Strome in 2015? Well, when you look at the 2015 draft, it is stacked with great players. Um, There's a little backdrop to this. I don't think the coach or the GM wanted to select Dylan Strome. They went with their scouting, the prevailing scouting opinion, which is probably what you should do because those are the guys that have seen the guys play most of all. But I think Don Maloney wanted Ivan Provorov. Uh, Tip initially, I think, wanted to trade the pick and get Dougie Hamilton, but was okay with Provorov as well. They wanted a defenseman. Yeah, they wanted a defenseman. But the scouts looked at the numbers that Dylan Strom was putting up. 
with the Erie Otters and keep in mind who he was playing with at the time. He's playing Connor with Connor McDavid. McDavid. <laughs> so it does help elevate your junior points when you're playing with the best player to play in junior hockey in a decade. But the truth is, it wasn't just the Coyotes that would have picked Dylan Strom at three. Consensus, Most teams yeah. would have picked Dylan Strom at three. It's not like our scouts picked the name out of the hat. Dylan Strom was the guy. He was a big center too, right? Yeah. So you, you saw the reasons why, even though you know everybody knew he had skating issues. And that yeah, and you talk about was, center depth. Yeah, at their center. It's so what you they thought needed. It was the right. It was the right pick. It's just when you see guys like Miko Rantanen, like. Uh, Sebastian Ajo, Mitch Marner, Kyle Connor, Matthew Barzell, Brock Besser, Zach Werwinski. Like Crazy. the names pull, pull that came it up, Shane. after. The five guys. There it is. Oh, oh did I get them? Yeah. They oh. could have. Oh, they, look at that. They could have yeah. taken any of those <laughs> I didn't guys. even see the graphic because I don't. All of those people came after Dylan yeah. Strom at three. Sebastian Ajo in the second round. Mitch Marner, number four. Mika Rantanen, number 10. Barzell, 16. Kyle Connor, 17. Ajo, 35. And of those names, some of those guys were hurt for their junior career. Some of their, those guys were undersized and there were concerns about their ability to play in the NHL. And we've seen that they've proved all of those things wrong. Hey, Dylan Strom's still in the league. He's still an NHL player. He just didn't live up to yeah. third pick overall. So if you had to take any one of those guys, who would it be? The most dynamic player on that list to me is Matthew Barzell. He's a center, too. They could they could use that. He makes I'm, a big difference. To me, it's either Matthew Barzal or Miko Rantanen. Miko Rantanen. Yeah, yep. one of those two guys. And some other players of note in that draft that we didn't include on that list, um, Noah Hannafin, Zach Wierenski, and Brock Besser. Yeah, yeah. Petey mentioned yeah, all, all, all unbelievably talented players that yep. helped their team and really led their teams. And and Stromer, again, he's, he just couldn't put it all together. His downfall, his whole NHL career, was his speed and his ability to get away from defenders. Yep. Great hands, good vision, good power play player because he did. He had the time and the space. He just wasn't able to to get his foot speed up to create space for his hands and skill to take over. And my little tidbit aside, um, I was really excited that the Coyotes drafted Dylan Shroom. When you know we talked about, I moved here from Toronto. When I did, my dad stayed, but he moved to Mississauga and lived in the same neighborhood as the Strom family. Mm. So literally just a couple blocks away. So I was like, oh, a little connection. But um, yeah, Dylan Strom played 48 games with the Coyotes, 16 points, and with Chicago, he's played 156 games, 106 points. Um, whereas you know all the other players we listed are in the realm of 258 points, 316. 250, 252, yeah. And he was expected a different role in Chicago, too. Here, here as a number three pick, you expected him to be the guy in Chicago. Not expected to be to the play guy. play behind Jonathan Taves. Right, so, yeah. So you play in a little different role. That's why he's had a little more success there. Okay, and this ties in to this. What if Austin Matthews had been born three days earlier? Mm. Which does what? The cutoff Puts date. Puts him in that draft. The cutoff date. For the draft is you have to be 18 by September 15th. Austin Matthews' birthday is September 17th. So he would have been in the 2015 draft. Yeah, and I, I've talked to a lot of people who think he would have been the number two pick, but some thought he would be number three. So you're either at that point picking Austin Matthews or Jack Eichel. So you've got your <laughs> number one center. Yeah, we're no ta- no longer talking about Dylan Strom. It is funny though at at that exact time. Gosh, Eichel was Eichel was the guy, He's like a special player, yeah. So it might have been Austin Matthews falling to the Coyotes at three, <laughs> falling then, to the Coyotes. <laughs> and, and can you imagine, like, what a difference that does? Now you're the ownership is forced to spend money because you have to surround players around him. And where we would be this far into his career, I think it's a different path. Yeah. I mean, he is now the face of the franchise, and all of the things he is trying to do for Toronto and the league, he would be doing here. And, you know, we all hope as Coyote fans that there is some day that Austin Matthews put a ton of Coyotes. Play. We already said it's happening. You know, we talk about it when he becomes <laughs> a, free agent. So he's a free agent. And, yeah. you know, who knows? Like right. they always say every free agent says it's not the money. It's the money. Yeah, it'll be so the money. It'll be the money. But I do think he loves it here. I know he loves Without it here. Without question, he'd love it. He'd love to play I here. I wrote a, just like the most innocuous Q&A with, uh, with him when he was practicing with all those guys up at the ice den. It was – there was literally not a hardball question among the questions. I, I posted and Toronto just <laughs> lost their minds. He's going back to Arizona. It was like they played out every scenario yeah. and the outcome of every scenario was he's going back to Arizona. They couldn't find a way for him not to go back to Arizona. But how did you get there from yeah. this? 
But that's how crazy they are. And that's what you need in a market like this. Having a star like that, yeah. not only on the ice, but off the ice would have really, really helped cement it in the community. And, you know, I hope it happens. I hope it happens. And maybe when they're ready to win and his contract expires in Toronto, all the stars align. We can only hope. And that's why we play. What if? Dude, wow. Look at him closing it out. Wow. You. You, you got the ad reads. You got the close out. I'm so proud. I don't feel like I should be here anymore. <laughs> You're not alone. What? <laughs> what? Did I say that alone? Oh my gosh. Oh, wow. It's too early for me. I apologize. This is pretty Greg. good for a morning. Pod. Don't get the uh, I had a lot I'm of impressed. fun. This I'm is fun. I'm, I'm hyped now. Um, well, if you're watching us on YouTube, be sure to hit that subscribe. If you're listening, wherever you listen to podcasts, like us, follow us. Please write us a review. Everything helps. Um, again, follow us on Twitter at PHNX underscore coyotes. The, the Cardinals are coming for us. Yeah, we need to stay Twitter. ahead. <laughs> and follow each of us on Twitter as well, at Craig S. Morgan, at Leah Merrill, at S. Peters Hockey. We're going to come up we'll with something. If PD hits 1,000 followers, he will do something. We don't know yet. I don't know if the station After will be that ad that read, I, I don't know how you top it. 1,000. So, honestly, yes. And, yeah, I I don't even know what else to say, honestly. <laughs> Check out gophnx.com. Become a member. Check out the PHNX locker. Amazing stuff on there. I think I think that's it. That's a wrap. See that's everybody wrap. on Monday. Great great show everyone. We'll see you next week.